Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are my good, good pals uh, Zach and Vince. Although I'm mad at both of them right now <laughs> because uh, we are recording this a couple of days before New York Comic Con, and they're not going to be there. And last mm-hmm. year they spoiled me, and I'm going to have to just drink egg creams with Walter. <laughs> I, I'm just afraid to see you in person now because I'm, I'm afraid of what you'll do to me. Because <laughs> of the Sufjan uh, debate? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid you'll just like tie me up in, in your basement and put Michigan on repeat while you and everyone go to Comic-Con. Maybe <laughs> maybe they'll appreciate it then, you fucking ingrate. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I did, I, as I said to you guys last week, I ordered both Michigan and Carrie and Lowell on vinyl while we were recording. And it arrived this week, and I was looking at it like, what the fuck is this? It was from a, it didn't say like from Asthmatic Kitty Records. It said from Soofjams.com. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's Sufjan. Anyway, our listeners don't want to hear any more Sufjan talk. <laughs> they just want to hear some DC Comics talk. So let's get right into it. Uh, our first book of the week is basically for an audience of one. And that is, uh, we, we are men of our word, and this is uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, number 6, written by James Tynion IV, illustrated by Freddie Williams II. Uh, you know... Can we just call them all the... the six, by the way? Is the fourth and the second? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, Don't forget for Kevin Eastman, too. And Kevin Eastman, yes. For for all the crap we get for for shilling for uh, Hawkspox, um, uh-huh. you know now now we get to cover a crossover between two media giants. So <laughs> um. that's true. Um, so first of all, we had, I had not read an issue of this since I believe Batman TMNT, like the first miniseries, the second issue. So it's been a while since I checked in with this. Uh, I've never read an issue of this. And we open up on some sort of multiversal uh, (laughs) nonsense where there's two Batman and two sets of turtles and like the entire extended Bat family, including a not yet dead Alfred, um, Shredder, Casey Jones. They're all there. April (laughs) O'Neil. Everyone yep. comes in for with and, everything for a big party. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is the Game Master Anthony of comics right here. Uh, uh, Kang is mashed up with the anti-monitor. Krang. 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 Kang oh, you're is right. Avengers, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, well, isn't, is, is Kang also uh, Simpsons? Yes. Yeah. Kang okay. and Kodos, Kodos. Yes. 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 Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> Um, and this, the Joker. Sorry, the freaking Joker is there too. The fr- a freaking Joker, of <laughs> and, course. And, Har- and Harley. And Harley Quinn, yes. And Harley, yes. Um, I I I loathe to admit this uh, in front of our fair listener Jeremy, but this was fun. It was fun. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if it's six issues worth of fun, but it was one what? issue worth of fun. It seems like some stuff happened because they were talking about like, like amalgamations of the characters and like alternate lives lived. So it seems like there has there have been some shenanigans in this book. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there have been. I just uh, read a um, bunch of amalgam comics from my Shazam read through, by the way. Oh, you are a madman. Yeah, I have um, a bunch of ideas for uh, amalgam comics. I'm going to send them to you after the show. Okay? <laughs> 
<laughs> Say that to me after we're done recording. I have a story about that guy. <coughs> um. Anyway. Um. So so is uh is Eastman and did he just draw the black and white turtles? Is I that believe what... so. It sure looks like it. Yeah, that's like a very Image United thing. I love that though. That what but a this, great idea. This actually came out though. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. True. Uh. Yeah, I I I love that idea. I I think like the the black and white Eastman and Laird era turtles meshing with this universe just it's a really cool visual effect. I like the slight personality difference. It's pretty it's pretty subtle because just you know having only read one issue of this it doesn't the differences don't stretch their legs as much uh, with the turtles. But I like the differences between the two Batman. You've got the one that's like a. I'm sure that's from a very specific era, but when I was reading it, I read it like the um, Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon version, like in that Diedrich Bader voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because he's just smiley and like teaming up with unlikely people to team up with. And Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a kick out of that. In fact, there was one line that made me, ch- <laughs> made me chuckle, which was... Uh, I had felt such a bond with the turtles. They felt like family. <laughs> Which, you know, Bruce bonding with the turtles is... It's wild. A delightful image. Yeah. There's also a moment where, at the end of the issue, Bruce is basically like, I'll never forget the lifetime we lived together. You are truly my brother. It's like, it's, it, gets, yeah. it gets fucking emotional up in here for, uh, for our turtle pals. Yeah. Yeah, what does what does Splinter say when he's going through the thing? Uh, calls him my son. I mean, calls yeah, everybody. That's, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Well, by my son, we will true. never forget you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, as soon as the Earth split and like somebody brings up the turtles to Bruce, he's like, Who? what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Raphael? What? <laughs> I don't know. He orders pizzas. He Big does. Pizzas he does. That was... everybody. <laughs> That reminded me of the end of um, the uh, the Turtles movie, the first one, where uh, Splinter goes, "I made a funny." <laughs> you gonna say see Bruce like saying like, "Guys, yes. get it, get it, guys." You know, just, just <laughs> relishing in his joke. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. I mean, look, all comics shouldn't be like this, but this was a super fun comic, and I'm glad we read it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And the Freddie Williams art, I, <laughs> Jeremy's going to get mad at me for saying this, but I've never been a big Freddie Williams guy. Same. But I think that's more, I, I think he's just always been on books that I didn't like, even aside from his art as well. Like, so the Wasn't total. He on, the, uh, was he on the green team? Pro- yeah, probably. He was on one of those. Teen Trillionaires? And, what? I said Teen Trillionaires? <laughs> yeah yeah sorry i was looking for clarification um, there thank you yeah he was also on the new 52 relaunch of captain adam which is a book that i just hated uh immensely no, i was wrong he was on the movement oh okay. he was on the I, other I one had okay. the wrong one yeah. yeah he was he was on that one okay yeah but here in this like this is like a more fun setting and i think he draws the turtles really well like he draws that side of things really well um the batman stuff looks great too but like what a fit for 
the turtle stuff. Yeah, he's he's um, found his niche in the Batman Turtles team ups. So hopefully <laughs> yeah. for his sake they keep happening. <laughs> yep. Um But yeah. I, I do think it's it's important that we say um, Jeremy, you can't request us doing other comics, though. This is a one-shot <laughs> deal, and uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I, right. I oh, One other thing I wanted to mention. Is this the eighth crisis now? <laughs> the turtle's crisis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crisis in a half right. shell. Oh! Oh, oh no. That's um, good. That's very good. Thank you. Uh, but no, this is... Uh, this was super fun, and I, I I get the feeling this is probably the final of these crossovers they're gonna do, but you know, a boy can hope, Jeremy. So you know, we'll see. Well, the maybe. the next one's gonna be uh, deceased Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. Hey, I'd it's read that. Be... Yeah, <laughs> that's well, the that's the next big property. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. What what's really gonna be the the kicker though is when uh, this is like in continuity with Tinyan's Batman run. Oh man! <laughs> hey, fucking Steve Orlando brought the Batman Shadow crossover into actual continuity. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> nothing is uh, impossible. B- Batman Elmer Fudd is in continuity <laughs> apparently too. <laughs> Por- Porky's Bar exists. Ugh. Well, let's talk about Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds. Oh, let's. let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about that incredible cover. Yes. Uh, <laughs> written by Gerard Way and Jeremy Lambert. Illustrated by my old pal, Nick Patara. Uh, wow. Let me pick up that name you dropped there. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you two Nick Patara stories that will that will embarrass me for both of them. So <laughs> this is a good story. First one was... Uh, when we did our first, I think it was our first set of like five questions at a con uh, for multiversity. One of the questions was, "What's a what's a fashion you want to see come back in style?" And he basically just talked about how he wants pants that show off women's asses to come back in style. And I have never looked more uncomfortable on camera in my entire life than him giving me this answer. Uh, <laughs> and then later that night, he was very drunk and insisted on arm wrestling me and nearly tore my arm out of the socket. So, yeah. That ties into this issue surprisingly so well. It does. Is, is he a man of muscle mystery? He is. He's obsessed with arm wrestling. <laughs> um, so this is a, a Flex Mentalo, um focused issue. We go to Destiny Beach. It is not what Flex remembers it being. It has, no. it has been uh, turned to shit. And uh, <laughs> there is some... Some magic spandex in this issue. Oh, so it's it's uh, it's the symbiote from Spider Man. Yes, it's essentially <laughs> it's essentially Venom underwear. Yeah, um, yeah. Instead of instead of uh, having its origin in Secret Wars, it comes from the second cosmic calamity. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and basically, my favorite bit of this whole issue is that the way that he was able to get out of this initially was he just, like, thrust his crotch into a black hole. <laughs> Which is how Duffman would solve a problem, too. So. Duffman is thrusting in the direction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Fan- fantastic. The art is just bonkers. 
Um, I Patera was probably like born to draw exactly this. Pe- yes. People flexing, many different people flexing into impossible uh, forms of musculature and whatnot. Uh, and then Rita at the end, saving the day and flexing into infinity, basically, yeah. <laughs> was an amazing image and very disgusting. Super gross. Very um, gross to look at and think about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this, I mean, this book is just a delight. Uh, um, I, I can't believe that this team is like, or that way and, and the people that he's collaborating with um, are one-upping the first volume in such interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the the yeah. format is so good. Like, yeah, we're, we're not spending too much time in any one place or with any, right. I mean, these are, these are kind of, uh, you know, a series of, one-offs that have an an overarching story um you know like we've got really kind of like the cliff the cliff storyline is like the, the the through line between each issue but that's usually like the b plot which yeah. is interesting cliff fix it yeah cliff fix it <laughs> um which at the risk of um invoking uh a problematic another problematic creator by referencing ren and stimpy that whole thing with cliff being cliff fix it reminded me almost of a ren and stimpy character where like they come off as very old-fashioned and wholesome like there was always a there was always a no sir i don't like it yeah exactly like like a, a a veneer of like 1950s politeness over everything in that show and then there was something really sinister happening under underneath and i feel like we have we haven't seen the sinister thing with with cliff yet but you can tell that there's something well not that he's going to be a bad guy but that there's something wrong going on under the surface because he's become obsessed with fixing things and upgrading his uh he's he's jack from lost okay that's (laughs) now, now you lost me that does he have shitty tattoos that will be over explained in season three yes um um you know i mean i so like violin be in that episode sorry i'm I'm going real deep on my not lost knowledge here stranger in a strange land that's the name of the episode yeah i was thinking all the best cowboys have daddy issues no that's a sawyer Sawyer episode episode. yeah 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 yeah, is, even though Jack also has his fair share of daddy issues. Yes, this is a preview um, for um, Zach and me doing a Lost podcast at some point. Yeah, time. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we did get some foreshadowing about Cliff in the last issue. Um, so, yeah, I think I think something bad is going to happen with Cliff. Um. Yeah. We get Has to this... see Larry the positive man <laughs> yep. uh, doing his thing. What were you going to say, Brian? I was like, Has this been solicited as being a set number of issues? No, I, I don't think so. Oh, was it? 
I thought. Maybe you, you might be right. I thought Maybe it was 12. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll look it up. Okay. Unless. Yeah. No, what I was going to say is I feel like this is one of those things where um, it can be easy to sleep on this book because it's not super plot driven. But you're going to get to a point where if it does this for too long, I think it is going to be kind of hard to sustain, sustain the momentum. You need to have some sort of big things happening in this book for sort of the general populace to appreciate it. But I could read just like the <laughs> the exploits of this, these, this, these guys just putzing around forever. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a, a pretty niche book to begin with so maybe uh so it doesn't have a it doesn't have a um set number of issues in the recent solicits no whereas like something like far sector says two of 12 right yeah you're right i think you're right um, yeah yeah it's billed as an ongoing now i'm sure they're going to hit a certain point and they'll probably do like a hiatus thing again, I would guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. Although it does seem like maybe they have a more sustain a sustainable model going on now, as opposed to the first volume, which was just Way and Darrington. Um, you know, now the the next issue I think doesn't even involve Way, so it, you know, it's a going to be a Clunan joint. Um, which I would, I think, like another co-writer as well. But um, maybe they are trying to to have a product that is more sustainable than the first volume. Mm. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nope. This book is it's the best. I think this might. Uh, this is once again, I think, claimed my best book at DC uh, title. So I'm vindicated for a year ago when I <laughs> put this at my number one and you all ragged on me incessantly. That was a year ago. That was almost exactly a year ago. That was such that... a cheat, though, Zach. That's it's just <laughs> cheating. Does it? Does, I, I was prophetic. Um, <laughs> um does that mean it's almost time for us to do another top ten? Probably. Probably. Yeah, probably. I'll get I'll get on that. Um, but yeah, no, this book is a delight. Patara is uh, he's a joy. I don't actually remember the last thing that I read with his art. I know he was doing that John Lehman book. Is that yeah, still coming out? I don't believe so. I don't know. I, I feel like Image solicits a book, releases one issue, and then tries to pretend it never happened. Yeah, I, it just it's <laughs> it's very hard to keep track of what actually comes out from there. Um, but yeah, but that was certainly a uh, a really fun issue. Um, all right, well, let's talk about Justice League number thirty three. This issue, uh. Written by Scott Snyder and James Tynion the fourth. This one is illustrated by my PDF is taking a long time to load. Uh, Bruno Redondo and Daniel Sampier. I knew it was Redondo. I forgot who the other guy was. Daniel Sampier. Yeah. Um. I guess this is just credited to Snyder actually. 
Uh, it's Snyder and Tiny. Okay, on the cover, it just says Snyder. Right. Yep. So That's some DC deception. Yeah. Um. But this this issue does sort of three important things. It it introduces us to the Ultra Monitor. <laughs> yeah. Which is fantastic. The, yeah, which is the Anti Monitor, the Monitor, uh, the World Forger. <laughs> Star and and Starman's power all put together, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we also uh, spend a fair amount of time in uh, the past with Aquaman and the JSA, and then we get a big last page tease of the next crew to join the fray here, which I did not see coming. I don't know about you guys. No, I didn't, but I got so excited because this is like my actual favorite Justice League. Yeah. Which, which is the Justice League Beyond. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful yeah. stuff. So good. Um every chance I get, I um will uh show for that uh the Justice League Beyond Digital First series that Justin Wynn wrote and illustrated uh-huh. uh, yes. with Derek Fridolf. Yeah. Um that's just like the best it's this team and it's a big kind of like love letter to Kirby um, because it has a bunch of like new gods and uh, great disaster stuff and very good. Uh, oh, so good. Everyone needs to go read it. Um, but yeah, I, I love this justice league team so much. So what would you guys think of the rest of the issue? Um, I mean, I, I still really like this a lot. I, I thought that it, um, chugged a little bit in the, uh, the sections in the past, but it was still good. Um, you know, so like, so at the beginning, you know, here we have the, the kind of like follow up to last issue with the, um, you know, the three monitor brothers and and forming the ultra monitor which was insane then we go back into the past and we get the um explanation for how aquaman is alive and i kind of wanted to talk to you guys about that because it still doesn't add up (laughs) i don't think or how is it explained here zach try and explain it to us as it's explained here so as this is explained here, so we saw Aquaman air quotes die at the end of Drowned Earth, and then we and then we see him again at the beginning of the Kelly Sue series. This introduces the idea that the Anti Monitor saved Arthur, and that he he didn't die, but he somehow still ended up. <laughs> So the anti-monitor saved him and told him everything that was going to happen and put him on this mission. But then somehow he still had the Kelly Sue stuff happen. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) I don't care if it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but it it's so weird how much it goes out of its way to try to make sense. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. It does not matter to me at all. I know. People get hung up on that, and you know I'm I'm glad you brought it up because it is a thing. But man, that I, stuff so does not bother me. I just almost wish that they wouldn't have called attention to it. It is yes. a little weird to call attention to it, it to have it just be nonsense. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but, but it's like great. I feel like they kind of deal with it in a tongue-in-cheek way as well because the flashes are kind of just like, you know, Jay's like, any of that make a lick of sense to right, you? Yeah. And Barry's like, enough. <laughs> Which is exactly how all the readers should react. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then you move on. Yeah, I, I, we continue to get good stuff between the two flashes, the two Green Lanterns. I did like scoff a little bit at literally every time john stewart talks he has to reference being a soldier and an architect <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's dc editorial mandate for vince, sure, do you remember, for sure. I, I feel like vince was more likely watching snl in the 90s than zach was remember when they used to do the view and star jones to start every sentence with, uh, as a lawyer yeah like that's yep. exactly what they do here yep yep yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i i really felt like the uh the Brainiac 1 million looked a lot like the the Timverse uh, Brainiac, which was oh. an interesting touch. Oh, I don't know if they're going for that, um, but I did get those vibes. Um, well, I thought, Snyder's a big fan of the Timverse. So. He is, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I thought the stuff with um, Hot Girl is really good. I think it's really interesting how... Well, I think it's really interesting how this run is kind of becoming really centered on uh, Martian Manhunter and Hot Girl. Um, you know, we had this like opening monologue from uh, Shane kind of just referencing how how Martian Manhunter was like the heart of all of this, which is a really interesting take, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I liked that. Um, yeah, no, this is all just like really fun and good. I think I I really like how it's all coming together. Yeah, me too. And I, I liked the Vandal Savage reveal too. Um, yeah, steampunk Vandal Savage. Steampunk Vandal Savage bringing something back from... I, I don't know if it was the first issue of Justice League, but there was an early an issue early on where it shows uh, uh, Luther and and Vandal Savage talking about the totality. I think it, Vandal Savage was studying it, you know, back in back before you know Luther was ever born or whatever. And I can't remember exactly how that went, but but he's back. He's good again. He's like yeah. stu- he's like stupid sexy Vandal Savage yeah. here. And he's with um, uh, uh, Robin Williams as Teddy Roosevelt from. The, <laughs> yeah, the, that's the exactly museum, what I was thinking. From the Night at the Museum movies, and he's with some uh, steampunk. She's he's with some girl who's doing like steampunk Van Helsing. He's with Winona Earp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yep, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff. It is it is really good. Um, um, but and, that and I, that beyond reveal is that's the Gawagool to me. That's it, to me. T O O. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, well played, sir. It's a uh, it's just crazy because there's at least like five or six more issues of this, and I I just cannot fathom how many more characters Snyder and Tynion are going to bring into this. Oh yeah, they're they're throwing it all down, aren't they? Like it's man, 
we should start guessing like Justice could, League teams or who, who could yeah. show up. Yeah, no, yeah, not even ju- just Justice League. Like, yeah, just, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have to do some brainstorming here. So the Snyder, so the, uh, the Zack Snyder Justice League will show up. Yeah, um, the Seven Soldiers of Victory will show up. Oh, um, that's gonna happen. Um, yep. Uh, the, uh, the the Smallville Justice League. <laughs> yep. So it's the Blur, uh, Impulse, <laughs> Aquaman, Green Arrow, Green Arrow, and Cyborg. Yes, and Martian Manhunter. And Martian Manhunter. Yes, yes. And the Demon Knights are going to show up too. Sure. Oh man, what if what if Wildcats showed up? Or Stormwatch. Sure. Yep. Why not? You gotta do it. Wait. Uh, jog my memory. Vandal Savage was in Demon Knights, right? Was he the villain? Was he yeah. like the main yes, villain he of that? Uh, no, he, he was like he on, was on the, the team. team. He was yeah. on the team. See, we gotta get the Demon Knights back. This should have already happened. Vandal we Savage should have Demon Knights back. He should have rolled up with the Demon Knights. Oh man, bring back Demon Knights. That's that's a that's a book we should revisit at some point. Yeah, that was really good. That was a really good series. Man, I just want to like talk a bit more about how much I love Justice League Beyond for a bit. <laughs> sure, go for it. Go. Oh no, I won't. <laughs> mind, I won't. mind if I wild out? Wild out, Zach. Yeah. Uh, I am now like thinking about how weird it is that like the two female characters on the team are both wearing like one piece swimsuits. That's like a little, <laughs> but like, I guess that's like traditional Barda gear. And then the other character is an is an, an Aqua character, and so uh, to be expected. Uh, that the the Justice League Beyond Green Lantern I think is like one of the coolest Green Lanterns, period. Um, so cool interestingly another non another uh the the offspring of another non-hawk man hawk girl pairing relationship you know uh because i think i've forgotten that that. yeah that's john stewart and shayera's kid in that continuity oh man um and then like that's superman beyond costume is the best i really do like that adam as well oh man they're all so good and oh batman beyond is just the coolest i pray <laughs> for the day we get a good batman beyond book yeah uh, keep waiting that's Sunshine. what snyder should do next snyder should do batman beyond next Ooh, ooh, Zack yeah. snyder <laughs> did i say Zack snyder no i i said oh, Zack snyder. Did, did, okay okay no a really well, gritty yeah. fucked up Batman Beyond. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that's what the Robert Pattinson should one should be, and they should get Michael Keaton to play old Bruce Wayne. Don't do this to me, Zach. Yeah. It that's, needs to happen. That's such a good idea. It'll never happen. And it should be set in, like, it should be a, a continuation of the Burton verse. Oh, yes, and they can get Drill to play the Joker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they could just remake the the Joker Returns movie. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, man, that would be the best. I, I think at this point, though, you'd have to tell Jack Nicholson that you're taking him to a Laker game, though. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this was a this was a good issue. And, and uh, Redondo and St. Pierre did good work. You know, I know that they're kind of like the quote unquote fill ins here, but there it was really good i remember i do remember a time when i did not really care for sam pierre's art that much um but i i thought that they both did a fine job here yeah there there is a particular style of art in superhero comics and i don't like to call it house style because i don't believe that like i don't believe that dc and marvel go out actively looking for all of their comics to look like this but it's this particular style and it's 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 sam pierre and it's uh uh who's the one that was doing like batman beyond with jurgens and he did like the no 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 he did like the adam he's always doing like fill-ins or whatever he did the cat the rise and fall of captain adam oh 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 will conrad Will Conrad, yes, thank you. It's th- there's a style where it's like, it's like not painted, but it's like over rendered almost. It's glossy, something like that, yeah. And I feel like Sam Pierre's art wasn't that this time around, but it's mm-hmm. been it's been that in the past, and I've said that about uh, Will Conrad's art, and I've said that about Jamal uh, from. From Naomi Jamal Campbell. Yeah, Jamal Campbell's yeah. art. I've said that in the past about that art too. And and in Naomi it was different. So I feel like I don't know if it's a coloring thing or an inking thing or if their styles are just evolving, but I I don't like it's nothing against the artists. It's it's that style. Some people like it and it just doesn't agree with me. But I feel like these artists are breaking away from that at times, too. And, and when they do, I can really appreciate it. And I think that's what happened here. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about. but like, No, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is good. Uh, I, uh, I am consistently liking this book, and I feel like it's coming out at a pretty rapid pace uh, uh i feel like we get an issue every week it seems like um but i know it's it, well there were like a couple back-to-back weeks i think where we had issues but um i am genuinely interested to see where this goes mm-hmm. yeah I, I, the one the one thing i will say is i'm having a hard time picturing an end game for this story because it's uh, just so yeah. huge <laughs> you know i have no yeah. idea how this could possibly get wrapped up um but that's okay yeah yeah it's it's the kind of story where i i feel like if they wanted to this could be i mean this is like crisis level stuff here um and they we could get a whole reboot out of this but i don't think we will i think everything will just go back to normal weirdly um they should just transition right into a crisis i think just do it just (laughs) i mean i guess this will wrap up um Either in I, th- I think in January. Um, I know December. I believe it ends. 
So does that mean the next time we get solicits, it'll be whatever comes after? I believe so, yes. Yeah, Ooh, you're man. right. Ooh, baby. Well, and so I think right now they're solicited up to issue 38. And the trade for this book, which like that's subject to change. That stuff is never like set in stone, but it's right now set to go up to 39, which I figure will be like an epilogue. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I, I wonder if that will be the end of this series. Well, Tynion and and Snyder called it like the final arc when I interviewed them yeah. recently. But I didn't know if they just meant like the final arc of the book so far. Like, you know, this it's all been telling one big sure. story so far. Well, I figure there will maybe be so um so we've got this that's ending in December and then the the Ha series um Hell Arisen is um starting in december and that's going to run for four issues and then it seems like there's going to be something after that that is like the real end game i wonder if so uh we're going to talk about bendis in a little while but bendis kind of said in an interview today that this is the first legion that's ever happened in this in the dc universe as far as they're concerned like they're Uh treating this legion as like there was no legion before it right and he says like but don't worry doomsday clock when that ends you're going to understand kind of how all this fits together and snyder has kind of said the same thing about the jsa that like for all intents and purposes this is the first jsa appearance in dc comics but doomsday clock's going to kind of fix all of that and so I wonder how much time is going to be needed after Doomsday Clock to sort of get everybody on the same page. And if the most efficient way to do that is just a crisis, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, just throw something even bigger at it, let their let the chips fall where they may, and then you'll have a, you'll have a, a renewed sense of where things are. My one caution against that is I don't think they'd have launched a Legion series to reboot everything in three months. Right. Um, I, feel like the Legion, I feel like it's one thing. That there are lots of books that sort of churn in and out, but they've been building up to a Legion series for so long now, they they don't want to have a three-issue volume. So here's what I wonder about that then. Um, I do think we're getting a crisis pretty soon, and I just wonder if that is going to be whatever the end of the snyder Tynion justice league area is or if it's going to be a bendis joint that brings in like the threads from young justice legion those kinds of things like and i kind of think it's the latter um like i could see a bendis crisis series that involves the legion as he is presenting them and kind of ties into them i feel like he's gotten more work to do before he jumps into a crisis, though. You know what I mean? I I think it depends. I mean, I think I've, if he did one starting in, like, July or August of next year, that's enough time to plant those seeds, considering all of the books that he is, has at his disposal to do that. Sure. So here's my question. Like, are they counting metal as one of the crises now? Is that yeah. yeah. Okay. Because what I was going to say is I could see them feeling like 
Snyder needs, quote, his crisis before you give Bendis a crisis. But if they're counting metal as a crisis, then yeah, I guess he's got one. Yeah. Although I'm going to suggest something here just off the top of my head. We know that he's they're doing a sequel to metal sooner or later. Right. We've heard that. Which I assume is whatever's going on with this Batman who laughs versus Apex Lex stuff. Sure. Probably. What if what if that is given rather than being like metal two? What if that's the metal some, crisis? Something crisis. Yeah, something like that. And then that way, metal one is kind of folded in. When when you buy the thing as a hardcover set, it'll come with both, you know, or like the deluxe edition or whatever. Um. What kind of, if kind of like how there's Crisis on Infinite Earths, but then like you can buy the hardcovers that are also like Crisis on Multiple Earths, and it includes all the JLA JSA stuff that you know. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What What if Metal Two is a weekly series, <laughs> yes. a year long weekly series written by Bendis Snyder? Johns and King. Yes. Yes, yes, Every, yes, no. A quarter of that book will be fucking insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Any anytime a character wanders off to talk about Plato to themselves is uh, <laughs> we know who was writing it. <laughs> oh man. So I guess yeah, I guess this is true. If we're counting Flashpoint and we're counting Metal, then those are the only two crises that I read. <laughs> I'm just reading what Vince put in our Skype chat. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, the, those are the only two um, crises that I read as they were coming out. Like, I was not reading comics when Infinite Crisis came out. And then I mm-hmm. took like a six month break from comics when Final Crisis came out. Not because of that, but just just kind of, just kind oh, of like Brian, with that. yeah, Brian, you're you're forgetting the convergence crisis. I am forgetting the convergence crisis. <laughs> Never forget. I can't believe they're actually calling it that now. Yeah. <laughs> the mere fact that they call it that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh man. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back in just a minute with some Legion of Superheroes chat. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back with Legion of Superheroes Millennium number two. This is written by Brian Bendis, and let's see, let, let's get the full roll call here of artists. So we have we have Ryan Sook, we have Nicola Scott, who else we have here? Jim Jim Chung. Jim Chung, 
and Jeff Decal. Uh, yes, yeah, Scott does the first segment, Chung the second, Decal the third, and Sook the fourth. So the first segment is a Booster Gold segment. Although if you didn't know that to begin with, you may not realize it right away. Um, but you might not realize it at all if you are like not familiar with Booster Gold. Yeah, because at no point is it ever. At no point are the words Booster Gold ever spoken. Right. Um, and again, in that same interview I read with with uh, Bendis today. He said that he actually reached out to Dan Jurgens about this because he didn't want to he wanted to add things to Booster's origin that wouldn't take away from it. You know, they they wouldn't contradict it in any ways. And so Jurgens gave this his seal of approval. Hmm. So Bendis got Jurgens. <laughs> Jurgens pointed at him and said, Go for it, All son. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this section first. What did you guys think of this Booster and Rose section? I liked this section a lot. First of all, I think it 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 looked gorgeous. Um, oh man, Nicola Scott is probably one of my favorite artists that I always forget to name as one of my favorite artists. I think. And she got comics. to draw so many characters too. Yes, mm-hmm. all that all that Hall of Heroes history stuff. Um, a lot of the big moments. I, I love the way that those are depicted, and I love the man. She's so good at that. I'm thinking of like those the the Wonder Woman, Nightwing, Superman, and Batman covers where she draws the the different eras mm-hmm. of them, the variants. You've seen those, right? Yes. She's so good at like getting these little details right and putting you perfectly in a time and place. And then I thought the story in this one was really interesting by making it a booster story that's not a booster story and recontextualizing that. And my only criticism is that they should have used Seinfeld instead of Friends. That's all. Chandler from The Bing Show. <laughs> yeah. The Bing it, show. Should have, it should have been Kramer from The Jerry Show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so Scott's art is – very good i feel like she is just you know terribly underrated because she is very much like of the kind of in the same way i think of um ivan reyes is kind of descending from george perez she is also Mm -hmm. i think a part of that style which i think is why like so much of this especially like some of the classic titan stuff looks so good and spot on that's an excellent um, point uh, um yeah she um it, it's just like really interesting because i remember she was doing earth 2 around the same time that reyes was doing some justice league stuff in the new 52 and i thought like at that time just how good it was that they were doing kind of the two big team books together um and uh yeah, no, this 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 story was really sweet, I thought. The like um the, the banter between Booster and Rose was really good. I thought it was kind of good Bendis banter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um I I thought that the story was really sweet. 
Yeah. I can't argue with that. I, I thought it was um, it, it's a pretty slight story, mm-hmm. and, and this is probably the one story in either issue that really has nothing to do with Rose and Thorn. The issue that story is pretty much just a booster story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really push her story forward at all, does it? No. No. Um, at least I don't think so. And that's not saying it's bad. It's just it just makes it a very different type of story for this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Of the like, each issue or each story has kind of like their DCU focus, and usually it's still kind of centered on, on Rose slash Thorn. Um, but this, yeah, this story was very much a booster story. Uh, which makes you wonder what Bendis has in store for Booster eventually. Uh, by the way, that that same interview, somebody called the the interviewer was like, "Fans online have been calling you out for not using DC One Million in this," and he basically said, "Like, there's a reason I didn't use it. We'll get to that in the future." Nice. <laughs> so that's interesting. love it. Bendis always has a reason, you know. There's, he's never not thought of something. I think. Yeah. Um, all right, so yeah. then we move on to, to part two of this, which is the Jim Chung section, which is the OMAC section. Um, I love Jim Chung, but I think it's a crime that Keith Giffen and Scott Koblish didn't illustrate this part. <laughs> <laughs> but then it would have to be the Kevin Co. OMAC. I mean, it, it could have been. It wouldn't have to be. Yeah, that's just I want to see that OMAC again. I do. I just... Uh, but I do, I mean, I, I like Chung art a lot. Um, this, uh, this story actually makes me think of like, it, it's like how I remember thinking Jim Lee art looked in like the mid aughts. Sure. Yeah. Does oh, that make a, sense? A, yes, very much so. Um, <laughs> well, and it's not and, that uh, far, it's not that far off from JRJR for, you know, the, who you really like. So, <laughs> yep, I'm the JRJR stan. Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought that this was maybe the weakest of the four stories in this issue, but it, I, it was fine. Yeah, second weakest to me. Okay. But yeah, is the other which weak one, one did you do? in this book or no? It is, yeah. Okay, we'll get to it in a bit then. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, what I was going to say about this one is, to me, this one is, the purpose of it is just to show thorn cracking. Like, we're, we're just, just being done, essentially, you know? Yeah, and to potentially yeah. hu- potentially humanize the 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 idea of OMAC mm-hmm. as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious then to find out which one you thought was the weaker of the next two. This next one did nothing for me. Oh, okay. I kind of liked this one. Maybe it was just the presentation. I, See, I, I think the presentation is very nice. Yeah, oh, I don't. I don't like it. I would say it's a great success. I don't. I don't want. I don't like my comics to look like this. So, so more just artistically is the issue or like the way that it's presented artistically. And then like, it's not much of a story here. Like I know it's like Rose being 
introspective or whatever and trying to deal with, you know, where she's ending up. But I don't... See, I thought that this, you know, compared to, like, say, the first chapter, which doesn't really move her character arc along much, like, this one does the most of that legwork, I think, of any um, of the sections in this issue. And um, I think, like, I didn't care for the page uh, that's, like, her on that space station or whatever with the drug dealer alien guy. Mm -hmm. But I thought the pages of her in space looked really good. Um, especially that last one where she's kind of like coming on where she's into the, where she's coming into the Vegas system. Yeah. I, I thought that that spread looked really good. It just stylistically, I just don't. That's fair. Yeah. I, I also really do like when um, artists and letterers do this kind of thing. Um getting outside of the word balloons and just kind of having prose on the page. I, I like that sometimes. Yeah. I, as usual, I fall somewhere in between you guys. Um, this gave me a, uh, a vibe of something. I remember that, that um, Amy reader series, rocket girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm familiar with it. I didn't read it. The costuming and sort of the coloring gave me very much like a Rocket Girl vibe. But that mm-hmm. book is, but Amy Reader is such more of a dynamic artist. You know, it's it's. I'm not comparing the sort of storytelling to that. Just sort of the the sort of superficial visuals of it. But I feel like it's a um because it's only what is it an eight page interlude or something. It was fine. It was different enough to break up the the book a bit, but I don't think it's particularly necessary or particularly revelatory either. Um, Zach, you said you know it gave the character a little bit more growth, and I'll 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 agree with that. But I still don't think it was particularly it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and I think that that kind of might be my my sort of overall commentary on these two issues, which we'll get to in a minute. But I I would agree with that, and I guess I am kind of speaking relatively with the other chapters. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think in general, this little you know mini does not do much for Rose and Thorn in general. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. I guess after we're done with this next section, but the last section is illustrated by Ryan Suk, who is doing. I'm going to guess the first three issues of Bendis' uh, <laughs> Legion run. <laughs> that's that's generous. That's generous, Mark okay. Generous. Yeah. At, at least the first half of the first issue. Because oh, I'd this say is this is gorgeous. Get, oh, this is, this, oh, I can't, I, oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talk. I'm too verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this man. So good. It's, it's. I this I mean Sook is so good. He is. And I feel like my biggest Sook touchstone um is are, are the 52 covers. Mm-hmm. And this is nothing like that in my opinion. Mhm. But it's still so good. There's kind of like 
and I guess maybe it's more in the coloring. It has kind of a matte coloring. That's that's exactly it. Yep. Yeah. It looks so good. I think usually his his pencils are or it, everything's colored with more of like a glossy sheen mm. in my mind. And this is just so different and yet still so good. Um, that page I, with am, like am, New am Earth. I, before before you. Yeah, am I ahead. right? Am I right that Jordi Belair did the covers colors on this? That's I think that's right. I yeah. So, yes. Okay, that explains everything. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah. Keep, anyway, keep going. Sorry. Oh no, I I was just gonna talk about that like New Earth page was was like so good, but and then also the Legion page, the Legion um, roll call page, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Which you you guys talk some about this. Okay, so. First of all, I just love the aesthetic that they've created for for the new Legion stuff. That very first page where there's that orange and yellow ship mm-hmm. like floating through space, that's like that's almost like a psychedelic take on like a futuristic spaceship that you'd see in like a 60s or 70s sci-fi. It reminds that's like, me. That's like Yellow Submarine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was Thank you. Zach. I was about to say it's like if Yellow Submarine appeared in the old Star Trek animated series. Yes. Like. Yes. So yeah. Same way yeah. both here. Yeah. It's it's We're like all there. Yeah, we are. Yep. We yeah. And it's like or it's like vintage Doctor Who or something. Yep. Or it's, yes. It's, it's the aesthetic alone. Because look at the chairs that they're sitting in. That rose and that like multi-armed uh, creature are sitting in. Yes. Those those are like straight up out of the 1970s. But they're on this ship and they make total sense and they look futuristic in that context. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea there. Then you you go to this double page spread of like the the new earth with like the multi I I don't know if those are like different cities or different countries projected out. Is that what I'm looking at here? <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, yes, though? Yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah, they're like mushrooms, you know? Yeah. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And they're all kind of like anchored to that core. Yep. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a really vivid image. and That's like wonderful, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just like the, the team photo... I love how the team photo, it doesn't really tell you too much about any of the individual characters, maybe one or two, but it already introduces this idea of, of a mem being a thing that they use yep. to record their memory. A meme? No, a meme? A no, a mem. <laughs> to, a to, meme? Record, to record this image and everybody can view it from everyone else's perspective, depending on who was involved in the recording of it. And... That's just a great idea. That's a that's a one-page idea we may never revisit, but it's just something Bendis throws in there that's really nice. Everybody um, looks um, great in the group photo. What were you going to say? So, uh, so good. I was going to say I just counted these for the first time, like how many members are in this, because I, I haven't done that yet. And I, I count 35 different members. Nice. Bendis said the core this. team is 34. 34. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm, I might have miscounted. And I counted Triplicate Girl as like three different characters. Oh, so I, that I believe the, that's one. They yeah. Well, I, so, yeah. when I was just like counting people, there's sure, like, yeah. I counted 35 people on the page. So, um, 
Oh, there's just so it's so good. Guys, yeah. there's, there's a Doctor Fate on this team. There's a Doctor Fate. There is like a lantern-looking character yep. that's like yellow or goldish. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossal Boy, I think that's his name, is giving um. I, I can't remember that character's name off the top of my head, but he's giving him bunny ears. Mm-hmm. It's just like so goofy. Uh, Tim, uh, Timberwolf, I think the character who's on the bottom, right. I think that's mm-hmm. his name. And he's yep. just like so thick in this. I love it. Oh, he's, he's thick with two C's for sure. Oh yeah. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. It's like such a nice reimagining of the character. Um, Hopefully, they, the way these characters are reimagined are so good. I wonder if that's an amethyst uh, below, kind of like up into the left, up into the right of Bouncing Boy. Oh, yeah. Next to the Durlin character? Yeah, next to the Durlin. I wonder if that's like a future amethyst. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting. I was actually yeah. looking at the character just over Monel's left shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it kind of looks like, um, like, uh, oh, uh, uh, Clarion, like Clarion, or, or like one of the just like sort of the witchy characters. Oh, so that is, um, that is a character. I can't think of her name right now. Oh, um, is it, um, uh, Shadowlass? Yes, it's Shadowlass. Oh, but maybe it's, maybe he's like incorporating the, the Clarion. Yeah, yeah whatever. I don't know what Clarion is. Yeah, he's, I don't. He's, he's a witch boy. Dun, he's dun, a witch. Dun, witch boy, which is a callback to a thing I just read for this Shazam read through. He uh, makes everybody call him Clarion, the Dun 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 witch boy. Nice. Is there, it? there. Oh man, there's so many characters in here that I like clearly recognize, but then there, are, there are at least like a third that seem completely new, which is yeah. so exciting and so intriguing. Yeah, and uh, and I hope. Here's my hope for for Legion of Superheroes. I hope that you know whoever they get after Sook is doing as thoughtful a job. Um, I hope that Bendis doesn't try to stretch it out using the similar tactics that we see in like let's like let's say this week's Young Justice, which we're not going to talk about, but it just feels like Bendis kind of drawing out that plot a little bit too much. I hope that this is just as tight and inspired as everything we've seen so far has been with these characters. Cause I really want, I want the Legion of superheroes to work again and I want them to stick. We haven't seen them in a meaningful form in quite a while. When would we say is the last, was it the, the, the John's reboot? That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, the last time it was good. Is that what you're saying? Last time it mattered. Mm, I mean, the start of the new fifty two, they tried to make it matter. No way, no way. I, I will, I will argue that because <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that first issue, I mean, like they, that like, first issue basically justice. said like we're the only people who aren't experiencing the flashpoint thing. Like it was so, yeah, it was just keeping I mean, the like, run they going. Didn't have, they had like justice or or Legion Lost though. They had Legion Lost and they had Legion Secret Origin and they they what they did was they. They tried to make it matter and not matter. They tried to make they tried to have their cake and eat it too with that one because. Do you, do you guys remember that that ended that Legion series ended with the revelation that 
it was actually in the Earth 2 continuity rather than the, oh, like, Jesus. New 52 Earth. No, I don't remember that, that. That was, like, yeah, that was, like, the last issue revelation. Wow. Um, okay. Sure, why not? Which is <laughs> wild. Um, but, yeah, no, I would say the last time was, like, the John stuff um, because John's, you know, did his thing where he – he actually left it with a really interesting status quo where he, you know, in three Legion of three worlds, he m brought all three Legion continuities together and then passed it off to Levitz who just like did more classic Legion stuff, mm -hmm. which is, which is fine, but it really kind of squandered that potential from the end of three worlds well what i'll say is the 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 run that was interrupted for the um for the new 52 when that mm -hmm. run began it was a big deal because if you remember the first issue had a hand that had both a legion ring and a green lantern ring on it and a green Lantern. yeah yeah and they were that really... was, yeah that was the levitt's run spinning out of three worlds yes and they they I remember that they were giving out Legion flight rings in comic shops. Sure. Yeah, I got one of those. Um, yeah, because, like, at that time, everything was still, like, really kind of tied into the Johns verse, you know? Um, like, Sodom Yat was in that right, series. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, like, it was it was still kind of in the orbit of that, but that was also you know that was like the new fifty two C change, and that kind of squandered a lot of that as well. I just really hope that they're able to do something that can last with this, and that will not like you know I, I'm I'm torn here because on one hand I want to say you want to do the most accessible version of the Legion as possible because you want as many people as possible to be reading the Legion, right? But mm -hmm. I also don't want it to become... I want it to remain what the Legion is and let people catch up on that and help them, help them find their way into what the Legion is versus just trying to do something that's... Uh, that, you know, that will appeal to the broadest possible audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I mean, like, there was a time, you know, where Legion was one of DC's biggest books. I, in, in like, the 70s, 80s era. Um, and, like, uh, part of me would love for this to be, like, Bendis's Avengers breakout, you know? Where I mean, imagine imagine if he elevated the Legion in that way. Oh yeah. Um, because you know the Avengers was not really anything before Bendis took over. Well, I mean, I'll I'll somewhat dispute that, just in the sense that I, I would just say, like, relatively. Yes, but like, but th 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 there was much more of a. It's, it's a much tougher pill to swallow to understand the Avengers than it is to understand the uh, the Legion. The uh, I, I, sure, sure, but um, definitely. I mean, the, the Avengers has the easy jumping on point of it being like these iconic 
or you know like it's the justice league justice league is much easier to swallow than legion but i mean like what if <laughs> that's just what i'm left thinking like what what could bendis do with this yeah. i don't know i'm hopeful he says he says in here uh this is the biggest thing I've ever done in comics. <laughs> that's the that's the pull quote from him. Mm-hmm. He also said this is the most hopeful thing he's ever done in comics, which has me excited. I'm uh, I'm really interested to see how Rose factors into this. Do we think she she's going to be a legionnaire? I, yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I would be fine with that. I think that that would be cool. Um, you said thirty-four people, Brian. Yes. Because if I, if I, yeah, so if I counted, if I counted thirty-five, and you took off two triplicate girls and added in rows, that would be thirty-four. Yeah. I can see it. That'd be cool. I'm cool with that. I think that also sets up a really cool status quo where Superboy can come back in time. And run into Rose, and it's a very different Rose yes. he runs into. Honestly, that would be really interesting. I think, um, and I think that that would make a case for if uh, if that were the case, I could see Bendis staying on at least one of the super books. Just to more, assist, just, just to facilitate more, that. Yeah, yeah. Just to maybe not like all the time, but to like touch in on that. I feel like that is a really interesting plot thread to build on can i spoil the one thing that ben has said in the interview sure yeah i'll probably go read it eventually anyway maybe guess who's gonna guest star in the first arc of uh legion um a shazam character nope uh Is it uh, Naomi? Damien. Oh, oh. John's gonna oh, bring him back. Sense. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I love that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, man, the Bendis DC verse right now is just so good. Even when it's like a little lame, like I, I feel like Young Justice is maybe the weakest part right now, in my opinion, but. The, the connective tissue between everything is very good. It's, in my opinion, like the best part of Cape Comics. Agreed. And um, when you, when you have a, a writer like Bendis who excels in that, um, it, it's a treat, I think. So um, th this is all very good to me. T-O-O. <laughs> all right. Uh, that brings us to our final issue of the night, which is the Green Lantern number 12, the finale of the first season of the Green Lantern. Of course, this is written by Grant Morrison, illustrated by Liam Sharp. <laughs> this is wet and wild. I don't even know what I, else to say about this. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even sure I entirely know what happened. Uh, um, um, Anti-Sinestro is, it's so good. Anti-Sinestro yes. is great. So Anti-Sinestro is 
the anti-universe is Sinestro, and he's a good Sinestro, although he doesn't want you to call him a good Sinestro, more <laughs> like a lovable rogue. Lovable rogue, yeah. yeah. Look um, here, old fellow. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, the anti-universe is Hal Jordan is a villain. Yes. So, is the Quay yeah. is the Quay man. The Quay yeah, man. The Quay man. <laughs> Qua man, Quay man. Qua man, so, Quay man. So what what is what is the Qua is it what's the planet in the antimatter universe? Cord. Cord. Yeah. Cord. yeah, so it could be Qua, Quay man, I don't know. It doesn't roll off the tongue no matter how you say it. <laughs> um I love how rather than like having Bizarro-esque backwards speak and it's not even like Zatanna backwards speak either. It's just like mirror speak. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, this this issue was bonkers, even by Morrison standards, I think. So essentially at the end of the issue, there are four weapons that have been collected. And Hal is the fifth weapon. Weapons of will. Yes. And... If you combine all of these and you're a telepath of some kind, you can control Hal to basically think something and then have the weapons of will do that thing, right? Isn't that essentially... Well, no, I think they made him make that wish. Right. Like, I don't think like... he was controlled. Oh, so they were just telling him make the wish? Yeah, because he was left with, like, a an unbeatable, like like, an unsolvable problem. You know, the everything was about to be destroyed by the antimatter blast or by, by what was happening with the, the claw master. Um, and in order to save everything, they created the miracle machine, which is an existing concept, but for Morrison, it's a final crisis callback. Um, if you're, do you remember, uh, yes. Clark, well, yeah, Clark goes and visits the Legion and uses the Miracle Machine to do something so that he could win <laughs> <Yes>. Final Crisis. <laughs> um, but but yeah, they they make the Miracle Machine and and um, yeah, have make Hal wish for a to remake the universe. Um, in the only, I, I, in that way, well, in that way, it's a little iffy because I don't, I don't get the impression that he was forced. I just think I mean, he's not, so broken. Yes, he is broken. He has been manipulated. Yeah, he's sure. not, he's not been, he's not forced magically or whatever. It just is the only way out, it seems. Yeah. And so I think the way that you described it, Zach, then that's how I understood it. So I, I was a little confused and I thought like, am I just dumb or is this what's going on? And and what you said all sounds like what I thought it was. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was good. I thought I was expecting the ending to be more explosive than that. Yes. Especially considering how we've been sold the second season. Yeah. But I think, I think it's 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 pretty interesting for Morrison to be more understated than that. <laughs> We're just not used to it. Yeah, he's he zigged when I thought he was going to zag or or vice versa. 
Um, I wish but, I had more to say about this, but well, I can keep going. Go for it. The Liam Sharp art is nuts. I don't know how he did all of this. <laughs> um, because he did all twelve issues, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And this issue looks great. It looks it looks just as good as the issues that came before. And man, he's good. So, somehow Hal looks like classic Hal, even though this is not a classic style of superhero art at all. I mean, it does have like a 80, like 70s, 80s feel to yes. me. S- somewhat, but not even like I like I don't know, like there are times when I look at it and I think it's more like a post image style with like mm. the hype with like the hyper musculature and the sure. Okay. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. but I, I think that when you have a, a veteran colorist and veteran letterer on your book, uh-huh. you can really, you can blend those two aesthetics really well. Like the, there's the scene where Hal is just beating the shit out of the Qua man and they basically tell him to stop doing it, doing so. But like when you see him, there's the panel right before they pull him off where he has his arm extended up to punch him. And just the way the background is rendered and the way it's colored and shaded, it just very much feels like a classic 70s comic. But the figures in the image are not that way at all. Sure. And although, so, although I think I think like any time there are like a lot of Green Lanterns on the page doing things like like the image where that team of lanterns is like flying in, um, or or there are like a few other images where like the the lanterns are just kind of like standing around on the planet. That that feels very like classic GLC to me. Okay, sure. Yep. As a, I guess compared more to like John's stuff, which sure. is my biggest touchstone. Sure. Yeah. The uh, so you know how Sinestro is based on the old actor David Niven. Yeah. Have you heard that before? He's never looked more like David Niven than he is in this. <laughs> yeah, you just in this issue. David Niven, uh, yeah, I feel like it's almost it's almost a one to one right there. <laughs> like, uh, and just like that that match drawing him in that style is so perfect for his personality in this. Um, that I think that that's a nice touch. Um, yeah, I love, I love that all the different, uh, new members of the, the Green Lantern Corps that Morrison was using in those first couple issues kind of came back. And then the one, the one was shown to be a, uh, I believe it was a Derlin traitor in disguise. Is that right? It was a Durlin, yeah. Yeah, he was a Durlin, but that's that's also like a classic Green Lantern character. A lot of a lot of these are. Um, yeah. Uh, like the the treehead guy and the the blue guy with no emotions. <laughs> um, I think I think uh, the yellowish orange guy with the black marks on his head. Volk was around before. Which one is Volk? Volk is the volcano head. Oh, really? Oh, okay. see, see, I don't, I, I don't know. What are they all from? Uh, so Morrison, like, they weren't, they weren't really used in John's run 
very much. When I interviewed all. Morrison and Sharp, they I mentioned how much I liked Volk, and they basically said like, "Well, thank uh, Alan Moore." I believe he's an Alan Moore character, or okay, who, whoever yeah. created. It, they said thank that person. I forget. I just exactly know that. a lot of these lanterns weren't in John's run very much, but I know in like secret files and things that a lot of them had profiles. That was the first time that I saw a lot of them. Uh, like specifically, I remember in the back matter of like the Sinestro Corps trades, there were like these Green Lantern Corps files that had a lot of these characters in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this was this was much more subdued than I expected, but also still very Morrisonian. I I love this like weird random super team that he's created. I think those are all new creations, right? Well, except for no. uh, are they? I know that that one girl is from some issue, but like uh. Are all of these pre-existing characters? Uh, I don't know about that. I just know, yeah, I know that 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 woman was, and then I assumed because of that, that maybe some of the other ones were from some golden age shit too. Yeah, I mean they are like the most generic superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they ever. just seem, yeah, they just seem like just another Justice League facsimile. Sure. Yeah. Um, but in some ways, they also kind of like remind me a bit of like that super team from Flexman Flexman Tallow. Um, they had, they, they give me that vibe for some reason as well. Um, yeah, I don't, this is, this is not at all what I expected. And yeah, I kind of like sadly don't have a ton to say about it either. It's kind of just like, well, now I just need to see what happens next. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um but I did, I did like bringing back in the concept of the miracle machine, and and like again, just kind of Morrison's like penchant for dialogue is so good. Uh, you know, this this section um, in the language of the Lost Monitor race that forged these as weapons during God War One. <laughs> it, it is, uh, and I'm probably gonna butcher this because it seems like it's like Hebrew, uh, but the it is Gadgetola Genesis Box the absolute ultimate destroyer supreme maker we call it the miracle machine that's just (laughs) so good uh god war (laughs) one i believe we get a month off and then we get the first issue of the black stars miniseries um dark stars dark stars i'm sorry well so is it black stars what is it it's Black Stars, okay. and, and it, I think that is next month, though. I thought it was November. Well, this is October. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. We're recording in September, but yes, it comes out October. Yeah. Oh, you're right, then. There isn't a month off. Huh. The workaholic Grant Morrison. right in it. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, yeah, and then I assume we'll just pick up with season two in February, it'll be. Um, but I wonder, do we know how long that's going to be yet? For some uh, reason, I have like the idea of eight or nine in my head. Uh, Sharp said, quote, at least 10. At least 10. Okay. Interesting. It's, uh, 
It's good. I mean, this is definitely the best Green Lantern anything we've had in many, many years. And I was thinking about it. I think this is also the longest that Hal has been on the shelf. Like, from other people yeah. playing with him. Yeah. Yeah. This actually does get me really excited for, you know, letting Morrison stay on it how long he wants. And, you know, maybe maybe eventually he will want to do kind of like a Green Lantern thing that ties more into the greater DCU. But if he doesn't, if he just wants to do this kind of two-season Hal thing, um, I'm very excited for whatever person comes in and, and kind of pulls the Green Lantern universe back together. Yes. After this. Maybe it's Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> Bendis can't do everything. Well, by then, I mean, that'll be like 2021. Maybe he'll be off Superman by then. But he'll be on Batman then. No. I don't think I want Bendis on Batman. I'm not saying you want it, but I think you're going to get it. Uh, it's inevitable. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, what's Kyle doing right now? Nothing. What's Baz doing? What's Guy doing? <laughs> I I don't know. Guy's getting his clock cleaned by Dr. Manhattan. You're right. That is what's happening. <laughs> uh, so, fun Guy tidbit here. I recently read the issue of Guy Gardner Warrior where he opens the Warrior's Bar. Oh. And it's it's a delightful issue of comics. It's on DC mm. Universe. Um, there's, there's like a red carpet, and all the heroes turn out for it. And uh, I don't have it on this. It's on my work computer. There's a panel where you see Captain Marvel talking with uh, Rocket Red, and Rocket Red's like, "It is true, Captain. Guy Gardner does have the chin of the Jay Leno." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh man, they they let. They let Shazam in the bar? They did. <laughs> they don't know he's a kid. Oh. There, there, there's a whole uh, big plot point in uh, the Power of Shazam book where Bullet Man tries to ha have Billy kidnapped because uh, when he's Captain Marvel, he's dating slash possibly fucking Bullet Man's daughter. <laughs> And, and the daughter doesn't know he's like twelve, but Bullet Man knows, and he's pissed. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's like the reverse of wasn't? It, is it in Johns's JSA where where like Billy and Star Girl have a thing, and everyone's kind of creeped out about it because they think Shazam or like Captain Marvel is like an adult, and then right, yeah. Is that in that? I believe so. Okay. Ah. Uh, yeah, somehow, like, definitely, the, well, definitely the creepier of the two instances. The one you're describing is much more comical. Yeah. Um, and, like, people die because of this kidnapping <laughs> going bad. So, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, no. Yeah. All because little Billy yeah. trying to get his jollies. Exactly. Trying to get someone else oh, to, to say Shazam for once. With with, uh, with great responsibility, am I right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's, let's do our list quickly here. Uh, on the good list this week is Deceased, Deathstroke, and Harley Quinn. Uh, two of those three would have been surprising to us a few months ago. Mm. But 
it shows that DC is doing some interesting stuff right now. On the okay list is Lois Lane, Young Justice, and believe it or not, Batman, because Zach liked this issue of Batman. I liked it. <laughs> Come at me. I liked well, the last wrong. issue too. I went, I went and read it, and I liked that. Uh, they were both fine issues. Maybe I'm sick in the head. I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, that's where we are. <laughs> Uh, on the Sandman Universe list is The Dreaming. And then we got two books on the Walmart list, The Flash Giant and Superman Up in the Sky. Even though neither of those are Walmart exclusive anymore, they will forever be part of the Walmart list. Forever and always. So see we Nothing on the bad list? No, nothing on the bad list this week. Because I, sa- I saved Batman. Yes. Thank- yeah. you, can, you, can, you can thank me, Tom King, by uh, writing me a personal handwritten letter in the style of uh, I don't know who Thomas Wayne Batman Uh. (laughs) Vince is coming out next week Uh, what is coming out next week let's see oh man lots of comics okay Batman and the Outsiders Batman Giant uh, Batman Universe Batman versus Rachel Ghoul, Batman's Grave, Catwoman, Collapser, The DC Villains Giant, Detective Comics 1013, uh, Event Leviathan, Flash 80, Gotham City Monsters, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, Hawkman 17, uh, House of Whispers, Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity, which Zach is not even sure is a real thing. Didn't um, know. Joker, Year of the Villain. Who is this Joker guy, anyway? <laughs> um, Justice League Odyssey, uh, the Ruby, the first issue of the Ruby uh, collection of the digital Ruby uh, stories by Marguerite Bennett is coming out. Uh, Secrets of Sinister House, which we've discovered is a <laughs> Halloween anthology thing that we have to read <laughs> for next week. Uh, Supergirl, Superman. Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall, Wonder Twins, and Wonder Woman. Good God, y'all. That's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> I thought they were trying to cut back their publishing. Yeah. At the distinguished and we have not gotten any any New York Comic Con news. We're recording this Monday night before New York Comic Con. So I expect there to be at least one or two big bits of news coming out of the con. Yeah, probably. So it's going to be a wild, wild episode. Yes, absolutely. Um, until then, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. I am at Wilker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he will be at every screening this weekend at various Minneapolis area movie theaters to see the Joker. And uh, he's going to add an article of Joker aesthetic to each screening. So when you see him the first time, he'll look normal, but he's wearing some purple pants. And by no, the end of the you weekend... Can't, you can't, you yeah, can't, you can't do, do Joker that. cosplay. No, that's get the thrown thing. Out. If he does one at a time, they're not going to notice it until it's too late. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with the, uh, the ticket taker by saying, it's all of you that are wearing the costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> I think was it you or James on Twitter that said uh, that retweeted somebody saying like uh, you're calling my culture a costume. That was me. Okay, yeah. I said I said my culture is not a costume, yeah. and I, I and I retweeted one of those terrible uh, Jared Leto Joker uh, like Party City costumes you could buy. Uh, also, a year ago today is when we took a picture with that great Jared Leto Joker. Oh, Jared Leto that Joker. Was, that was legit good. Yeah. I, Taking a picture with him was kind of ironic, but the 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 it was a well done costume. Yeah. Uh, possibly, as part of next week's show, if we can make it actually happen, will be Walter, Emily, and I. Uh, Walter and Emily from the Manga Club podcast. The three of us are going to try and go see the Joker together on Saturday, and then record a podcast afterwards. So we'll see how that goes. I I refuse to see that movie. I'm not seeing it. Wait a second. Do I am I am I co-hosting the show with two Vinces now? <laughs> I think Vince is going to see it. No, I'm not going to see it. Okay. Not not in theaters anyway. I'll I won't go see it in theaters. Afraid of being shot. Walt and I are willing to shot. die for this. <laughs> what if you guys do? Oh man, I'm gonna have to. Don't wish me on. <laughs> oh my you, gosh. Well, just re- I'm gonna send you a real nice text before you, you go into your screen, okay. just in case it's the last thing I ever say to you. I, I have text a request. Me when you go in and when you get out, okay. and if you get up to go to the bathroom in the middle, let me know too. Okay. Yeah, please. Uh, oh. Here's my request for you, Vince. Okay. Okay. If I'm killed at the screening of the Joker, <laughs> tell my wife I want to be my buried wife. with my wife with all of your Walmart comics in my casket. <laughs> Okay, you have to fly to New Jersey with all your Walmart comics and right. stuff them next to my lifeless body. Jeez, I'm gonna have to get a private plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the Joker's trick. Making yeah. you. Uh, making I mean, he could probably just build your coffin out of it. You That's know, true. Like... I get I get thrown off the plane in a Kevin Smith style because uh, <laughs> no ticket. My comics, my comics take up. No, I'm talking about the time you got thrown off the plane for. Oh. <laughs> Kevin two seats or whatever. I was referencing Dogma, which is referencing Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, no, no ticket when they throw the guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Yeah, yep. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, yes. anyway, we are uh, we are recording the last podcast before the Joker movie infects the country. So say your goodbyes now. Yep. You say that jokingly, but like legitimately, we're all we're all screwed. What are the odds that Trump A sees it and B tweets about it? He's not going to see it, but what's going to happen is they're going there's going to be there's I it's brings me no pleasure to say that there's going to be one some weird thing happens. I'm not saying anybody's going to get killed or whatever, but there's going to be like a guy who tries to wear Someone's going to be arrested at a screening. Yes, 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 because they're because they are dressed as the Joker and they and they do something suspicious or whatever. And then he's gonna get on Twitter and he's gonna be like, "What? Who is this Joker character? What? He's gonna he's gonna talk like Bat or Commissioner Gordon or something. Like, we need to get to the bottom of this Joker. It's gonna be something like that. He's gonna say something like, "Who would who would imitate this sick madman? Yeah, pretty funny though. Pretty funny." <laughs> But he's going to get a dig in at Robert De Niro, too. Oh, of course he will. For sure. He'll get a dig in at De Niro, and he'll also, um, he'll say, like, I I guarantee you, he tweets, like, uh, I, I could have the... had Michelle Pfeiffer 20 years ago. <laughs> no, he's going to say something like, 
uh, even this Joker character could beat Lazy Beto or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be some. It's gonna be some shitty nickname, and uh, talking about how the Joker would beat him in an election. <laughs> He's gonna. What if what if he goes real deep and he references the time that uh, the Joker became the Sultan of Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Not since Lex Luthor himself was president of these United States has there been a leader as qualified as me. He's gonna say, uh, he's gonna say, yeah, that thing happened to Jamal Khashoggi. But imagine if the Joker were the uh, Sultan of Saudi Arabia. What if that's the one thing Trump actually knows is DC continuity? Yeah. <laughs> I believe he's, it. He's going to tweet about not knowing which continuity this Joker is from. <laughs> yeah. Are we really supposed to believe this is Heath Ledger in the past? It's, it's, it looks like the 70s. I, I don't get it. <sighs> we're, we're spinning our wheels here. We are. But I, it, know. This I, need is... to, I need to go to bed. All right. Well, good night, folks. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the Joker if you uh, if you dare. Jokes on you. I have a theory on whether on my enjoyment of Romita. Okay. It all it all depends, it all depends on the if colors. You toked your doobie first. <laughs> yeah, it does.